News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. So welcome to episode 119 of the Luke Messias Show. I am here joined by my friend, somebody who I've been in politics with, uh, in the fight with, let's see, since 2009. So uh, I'll give everyone the backstory. First, I'm going to tell our listeners what we're going to talk about today. So Daniel Greer is an election integrity expert. And so you are somebody who we are going to have a conversation with about why Texas doesn't have election integrity, a little bit of the backstory. And then we'll talk about what we're kind of going to expect over the next several months and things for Texans to look at. Um, in 2000 and – let me think. 2010 – there was a wave election and Republicans won a ton of stuff with the Tea Party wave. And I started a website, stopjustrouse.com. I took uh, more than half of the money that was in my bank account and gave it to a friend to build a website and then started writing about different elected officials who had just won in Texas and how they had made certain conservative promises and then they should vote against Joe Strauss. And you at the time were involved with various different people in Texas on discussing this issue. And um, and so that's how you and I met. And uh, we began at that point what has turned into just a fin- phenomenal, close, intimate friendship, especially since we're sitting so close here today yeah. as well. So um, there is a little bit of the backstory. Um, it was actually really funny because I remember people writing about that website when it was rolled out and they're like, this is being funded by billionaires. And I was like, where are the billionaires that are funding this website that has cost me thousands of dollars and I'm just 20? The out-of-state uh, Indian lobbying industry. Yes. 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 Uh, yeah. Yep. I was being paid by by the Choctaws or the Chickasaws or somebody. That's right. I watched Last of the Mohicans last night. Uh, I hadn't watched it in like a long time. It's so. funny that only one side ever gets accused of being conspiratorial when That's the right. other side is very often conspiratorial. Most definitely. Yeah. So, Daniel, we – did not get election integrity during the regular session. Um, and a lot of other states have found a way to deliver election integrity to their citizens. Um, I think I saw you tweet about uh, like the state of Georgia, I mean, said we're going to do election integrity. And 30 days later, they had a bill that accomplished many of the things that Texas has talked about accomplishing. And it was signed by their governor. And yet our legislature had 140 days. They had the governor say that this is an emergency item. So they actually had uh, a more full 140 days than for any other policy hardly. And um, it still failed to pass and uh, went down to the final stretch. So I'd love for you to give our listeners just a general overview of the session, how it went, how it started, what, where was all this confusion? Why were there so many different vehicles by which election integrity is even being talked about? There seemed like there was very little coordination between the governor, the House, the Senate, anything. What led us to a situation where we're on the final you know, one-yard line and we hand Democrats a weapon to say, if you want to kill this, you can, and then it becomes the national issue it is? Yeah. Well, there's a lot there to unpack. I think the first thing is— You've got three minutes. This was not something we didn't 
know we needed to address. Yeah. So obviously after November, we knew we had some problems. Before mm-hmm. November, we knew we had problems. Yes. So uh, in 2019, during the legislative session, we tried to pass an election integrity bill. It also died. So we still knew from 2019, <laughs> yep. all the way back to 2019, we know we have things we need to address. Um so the fact that we came in without a clear bill, like this is the bill that yep. we're going to do and this is – it's clean and we're going to yep. go with this in both bodies is shocking. Uh, but yes, if you juxtapose it to Georgia, uh, which again has a 30 – it has a 30-day session. They came in, they passed their bill and they got out. Um, what's really funny is you go back and, and look in – I can't remember what month it was, but the, the left got – uh, got all up in arms on social media because they'd caught video of Heritage Foundation saying, we've given everybody model legislation. And all I'm thinking is, did we not get a copy? <laughs> Where is the model legislation? Uh, you know, we know, like, look, model legislation is produced by left. It's produced by the right. Yes. Lawmakers aren't writing their own bills. Half of them can't even speak competently to what they're putting forward. So they're given these things and also by lobbyists, by special interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, hey, will you please carry my bill is something that every single one of them here, yep. uh, probably 90 percent of the bills that are out there, maybe more, not written by them. So the fact that we didn't have a bill um, – and that we didn't have the same bill in both bodies was a bit disconcerting. So you have the House and the Senate. The Senate produces a version of election integrity by Brian Hughes, uh, and it's got a lot of the components that we know we need after last year's election. Yep. Um, for those who don't know, election administrators not only in Texas but around the country changed uh, ad hoc the way mm-hmm. that they administered elections. They were um, working to get only one side out to the polls. They were juicing polling locations in Democrat precincts. They were trying to mail uh, ballot applications to every single person who was on the rolls, even though in Texas we have uh, limited access to mail-in ballot, balloting by mail. Um, just every single trick you could to, to increase your size margin, they were doing. And so we knew that we had some issues with uh, the election administration, and those things should have been real clear-cut and done quickly. The fact that they weren't, uh, I think, uh, speaks to the House. And that's my historical view of it, not just this session. So for three sessions running, the Senate has passed meaningful election integrity, uh, and the House has killed it. Mm. So in 2017, you had an election integrity bill also by Brian Hughes, passed out of the Senate in the yep. regular session. Yep. It died in the House. Thankfully, we had a special session in which Greg Abbott put election integrity on the docket and we got SB5. Um, and SB5 leads to a meaningful uptick in prosecutions of mail-in ballot fraud. Uh, and it is one of the reasons why we see less of it in the mm-hmm. Valley now than we did before uh, because – and the Rio Grande Valley, just for Texans who don't know, this is South Texas on the border kind of between – it's Harlingen and I think Mercedes, Texas and these kind of – all these you know areas uh, yeah, south Star, of Corpus Christi. Yeah, Star County. Uh, That's right. We see a lot of uh, voter fraud yep. there. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, historically for, for even more context where LBJ uh, got a lot of his power from and his mm-hmm. votes from. So yeah, a history of – a longstanding history of voting fraud down there. Yes. Uh, and then when you get SB5 and the attorney general starts to prosecute because of it, you see a downtick in that and an uptick in what likely is in-person coaching of voting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's always going to be fraud in elections. This idea yes. that there is no fraud is patently false. Um, people are always going to stand 
to gain power from an election, and we would anticipate that they will continue to find ways to cheat. The uh, you know Don Huffines uh, running for governor. One of the things he said, uh, which I was like, he goes, you know, people have been cheating since elections existed, right? I mean, this isn't even like the last hundred years. Ever since anybody came up with an idea of how to have an election, people have been cheating. I mean, I we told my mom we had a, a thank you dinner for my mom for homeschooling us and my little sister like shared a story about how she had cheated on like a science test in sixth grade or something you know and so you're just going like this is human nature this is not it you don't need to be a conspiracy theorist or on the right or on the left to just realize that like human beings they want power there are right answers wrong answers i mean i took a real estate exam for my license and had to do all these things because they're like hey FYI, we need to make sure that when you take this test, it's you taking the test. And you have to answer all these questions because like, did you know that if we don't have you answer all these verifying questions on your ID, you're going to pay someone to come take your real estate renewal license test. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to happen, right? So cheating isn't just an electoral thing. It's just when people have tests, people cheat when they need right answers, wrong answers, elections. Um, Yeah, no side has has a monopoly on the cheating either. No. Um, So Democrats have cheated in elections. Republicans have cheated in elections. I mean, most notably recently in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that- Was the, the Republican It was Republicans. Situation. Yeah. Yeah. Republicans who cheated. Now, it's funny. NPR actually did a podcast on that and the Republicans learned everything that they learned, that they deployed in that race from Democrats. Yes. Um, but <laughs> it, they, they both, they cheated nonetheless. So. so your point though was in 2017, the House tried to kill it. In 2019, Chairman Click at the time in elections did kill SB9. an omnibus election integrity uh, push. And that was leading up to the 2020 election. I mean, this would have solved some of the issues that we had in 2020, not all of yeah, them. Yeah, well, one specific issue that would have been remedied by SB9 that was killed in the 2019 session was mm-hmm. uh, the mail-in ballot question. Yeah. So as soon as COVID hits, uh, Democrats go to court and they say, we should universally be able to uh, vote by mail because this is, uh, but because not being immune is a disability. It was a long shot mm-hmm. case, in my opinion, uh, and it did, did eventually fail at the Texas Supreme Court. But that would have been that wouldn't have been an issue if yep. we had passed SB nine. Yep. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, but more so in the 2019 session, we see them uh, getting ready for 2020. So, yes. if you go back and look, they're trying to expand things like curbside voting, and they're trying to do it legislatively. Curbside voting. Um, is limited in Texas to people who cannot go inside the polls. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Democrats wanted to expand that. So COVID-19 gave them a pretense to expand it, uh, and they did it. They did it uh, with the permission of the Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Abbott, Secretary of State, gave Harris County, which was the largest offender. They had 10 drive through a.k.a. Mm-hmm. curbside voting locations, yep. uh, that they were trying to uh, get people to go through. And they got they got greenlit for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that they were trying to do in 2019. But yep. we had legis- we have legislative intent for curbside voting, drive-through voting being limited in Texas. And the drive-through voting is not a thing. It's yes. curbside voting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was they were already going. To, my my um, hypothesis at the time was they're getting ready to try to do all this stuff with or without COVID. Yes. Because bad orange man. And at the end of the day. None of that could have happened if our Secretary of State, who the Texas Senate killed, um, well, they they the killed direction. her nomination. They yeah. didn't. Yeah, you're right. Correct. So they they uh, nominatally 
ended her, uh, you know, appointed existence. I don't think that's a word, by the way. Um, but the point is that they, the governor and his secretary of state had to essentially greenlight any of those things that were being done. At any point in time, they could have said, no, you can't do that. And the Democrat county would not have been allowed to do that. Am I speaking out of turn or is that a correct assessment? Well, so it's uh, the so the secretary of state is an appointed the only appointed member of the executive branch. Uh, yep. She he serves at the will of the governor. Uh, so the secretary of state was asked about doing drive through yep. voting by Harris County. The secretary of state's office greenlit drive through voting. Yep. If they had said no to it. The Democrats probably would have tried to do tried it to anyway, do it anyways, and then but the state we would have had a said, leg. To, we would have had a legal yeah. leg to stand on yeah. and say no. Our legislative intent is that curbside voting is limited to people who cannot get out and vote. Mm-hmm. In fact, this is really interesting. Uh, the the pretense that they've used is well, drive through voting is going to keep people safe from COVID. Well, if you go and look, Bayer County, when they were asked, well, should we do drive through voting? Their health officer said, no, we should not do drive through voting because you're more likely to get COVID. If we do it that way. Hmm. So not only is it – it's completely – it's patently false on its face hmm. uh, as a way to keep people safe from COVID. It's also squarely against what law, the duly elected lawmakers of Texas have established in law for a long time. And the same thing goes with voting hours. Voting hours hmm. have historically been – I mean just go to man on the street. When are they? 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Or they're going to say normal business hours probably. Yep. Yep. Not in the middle of the night. <laughs> Um, and so it, it's every single yeah. shenanigan uh, was deployed. And then, well, since we did it that time, we should be able to do it all the time is the yeah. stance. And that's not, yeah. a, that's not a reasonable approach to administering an election. So Hughes had his bill that you said dealt with a lot of the issues that we had from 2020. And this then is SB7. That was SB7, this session. And the House kind of took a very different approach with HB6. And um, – but there were good things in HB6. They were – but they were also different things than were in SB7. So you basically saw that these two chambers were not communicating, coordinating, saying, hey, you – because a lot of times what will happen is you have these two bills and they end up being very, very similar, right? We saw this with a bunch of legislation, big legislation, defunding the police. We're going to go against defunding the police. You're going to go against defunding the police. We're going to um, – do a statewide camping ban. All of these other big statewide pieces of legislation, they were identical in both chambers. Mm-hmm. In this particular situation, you seem to have a House and a Senate that were just like ships passing in the night. I'm going to do – you're going to do our thing. You do whatever your thing is and then you all figure out how to merge them and then we'll all sing hunky-dory afterwards and I don't know. So what is um, – what were the things in HB6 that were like most important? That weren't in SB seven. Well, I'll tell you the one thing they had in common was poll watcher protections. Okay. So that was the common ground between HB six and SB seven. Okay. Then HB six had a, a focus on fraud and increasing penalties. So okay. on mail in ballot fraud and increasing penalties. Got it. Um, SB seven had all of the things that we now know we need to have very clearly established in code, which is mm-hmm. voting hours, uh, mm-hmm. the fact that. Are voting the the place where you vote is a structure that you go into, mm-hmm. not a structure that you erect that people can drive their cars through. Yep. Um, and so, and then establishing rules for curbside voting that mm-hmm. were not there. So, for instance, um, like if multiple people come in the same car, uh, you would have to have you need the secrecy of the ballot. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to sign 
some sort of a waiver that says, you know, I'm not, I'm not here helping this person vote. Uh, and we're going to maintain a modicum of the integrity of the, uh, the election booth. Um, and then same thing with the distribution of mail-in ballot applications. Mm-hmm. So uh, a, a person who works for the state can't send out mail-in ballot applications to people who very likely don't qualify to vote by mail, that you would have to request – you need to request a mail-in ballot yes. in order to get you know, to get one. So, yeah, these – they couldn't have been – this more is all different SB7. bills. These latter things are in SB7. And these are the things that need to come back in order for Texans to have trust in the election process. Yep. Um, and includes also uh, yeah, paper ballot backups. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we're on the last day of session. And again, going back to your point of Georgia came in, they passed a bill in 30 days. We're now on the 130, I don't know if it was 36th or 37th, the 137th day of 140. The Senate, they've, there's been a conference committee. There's been a bill agreed to. The Senate brought it up. The Senate passed it. The House brings it up on the very last day that a bill could possibly pass. And Democrats realize if we just leave the chamber, then they can't pass this bill. Now, we now know from public reports, Dade Phelan has admitted he went and met with all the Democrats and he told them the rules of the House allow me to lock the doors. I'm a Republican leader. I can lock the doors and no one can leave, which means we're going to vote on election integrity. We're going to pass it tonight by midnight and then the governor can sign it and we're going to be done with it. And we will know we have strong election integrity you know, laws. That gets into some other enforcement issues and stuff like that, personnel. But the laws will be adjusted the way a lot of people have advocated for them to be adjusted. Instead, he tells them, I'm not going to lock the doors. You can walk out. The Senate has done it. If the House doesn't pass it by midnight, it's not passing this session. We have to come back for a special session. And he tells the Democrats, I'm not locking the doors. If you all walk out, you walk out. And then the governor can bring us back for a special session. And we can do this all over again. And that's what he did. And the Democrats said, cool. And then they walked out. Many of them are chairman of committees appointed by the speaker, given the power they have by the speaker. The speaker has indicated that no punishment – has not indicated that there will be any punishment for all these Democrats because – In fact, he told them basically like you can walk out the door. And so there was this lack of coordination between the chambers. There seemed to be a lack of even understanding of what we wanted to accomplish from the the beginning. There didn't seem to be coordination. It goes to the very end. The Republicans then like hand the Democrats this hammer and like put the porcelain right in front and say, look, I don't want you to smash it. But like if you smash it, I'm just going to have to remake it in a couple months. And then they do it and now everybody's outraged. Republicans are like, I can't believe Democrats are doing this and everybody's ticked. But it seems like this died because Republicans didn't really have a plan and know how to execute that plan over 140 days. Am I wrong? What else am I missing? Well, so now what we have is the finger pointing. I yes. Think in the, I think in the finger pointing, we can come back and say, well, we know where to lay the blame. So yep. – uh, I would say that the Senate passed their bill. They mm-hmm. passed their bill early. Yep. They had all of the things that if you go and listen to Greg Abbott on Fox News, he's talking about SB7. He's not talking about HB6. Yep. Also what Greg Abbott is saying is I'm not letting you leave here until you pass these things that are in SB7. So I would have anticipated and I did anticipate that the governor cared about election integrity and very specifically SB7 and mm-hmm. that – 
the House would be brought in line if they weren't. And they didn't seem to be too terribly concerned about it. Dade Phelan is interviewed, I think it was WFAA, yep. um, around the time that the, the SB7 comes over from the Senate to the House. And he says, well, I haven't really looked at the Senate bill. I'm focusing on our bill. And this is when the alarm bell started to go off. Well, your bill doesn't do the things that Any we of the needed things to do. That are in this bill. Uh, and we want those things. So you need to read that bill and you need to pass that bill. Yeah. Um, they quite clearly didn't have any intentions of doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they bring up bills in the House Elections Committee. That's a debacle. It does mm-hmm. not go well. Um, and then eventually what you have happen is they, they – through some parliamentary procedures, uh, the chairman of the House Committee on Elections, Briscoe Kane, brings up SB7. Uh, and then he completely, completely replaces it with HB6. Um, and then we have a debate on the floor of the House. So this is backing us up from the last day of the session. Sorry. But it's yep. good context for exactly how the bill got to the point where it's coming out of conference committee the last week and it's got issues. Well, it has yep. issues because Briscoe Cain completely gutted it, yep. replaced it with his bill, and then let some de- let Democrats throw amendments on it and passed it off the floor of the House. Uh necessitating a conference committee in which we could go back and add all of the things back in that we need yep. and not a small number, like 90 percent. Mm-hmm. When you have to go back and, and change a bill that much, it's not the Senate's fault. It's not drafting's fault. It's not the back office. It's the House because they gutted the bill that we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes back to the House, I think you're exactly right. I think Dade Phelan knew uh, this thing's where this thing's going to tank, it's not going to go. It's not going to go over. I'm going to let these folks walk. Yep. I think about a week or so before that even happened, I said if this was if this was Jim Crow 2.0, they'd already be in Ardmore. Well, Democrats don't need to go to Ardmore when they've got Speaker Phelan in the seat because he's already told them I'm not bringing you back to the House. Mm. And that's the reason why they went to Oklahoma was because we couldn't go across the border to bring him back mm. uh, during redistricting in 2000. Yep. So. They've got a friendly – they've got a, f- a very friendly speaker in the seat. Yeah. And so now what we have to do is come back for a special session and get the things done that we didn't get done. There are some other election bills that passed, which means that whatever we do pass can be a little bit pared down. Mm-hmm. So if one of the things we didn't mention was the Zuck bucks. So Mark Zuckerberg coming yes. in, flooding election administrators with cash yeah. to goose Democrat turnout yes. and, and their margin. So, so Zuckerberg comes in with a yeah. nonprofit – and tells these large counties, Democrat-run counties, if you do X, Y, and Z programs, which I know will get more Democrats to vote, I'll give you money, right? That's right. So I'll give you this money, and now I'm I'm using grants, nonprofit grants, to basically boost up Democrat turnout within the urban areas that I'm trying to to uh, to manipulate. And so yeah. there was legislation by Phil King and was that also Brian Hughes or was that somebody else? I'm not who sure who the Senate sponsor was. OK. So that passed and and it said that's not happening anymore. That's that, right. I think that was Hughes actually. So anyways, that passes, says we're not doing this anymore. And yeah. So that a- was part of SB7. Now it doesn't need to be part of SB7 because we've already got it passed. So yeah. the pared down version of the election bill will look different than what was proposed, but that's only because some things did acro- did get across the finish line. Yes. But not the things in SB7 that Abbott was touting had to be done before he let him leave. Yep. Yep. Well, this is uh, – I hope 
thank you for coming in because my main goal was with you know, Texans knowing that this is a huge issue. It's important to a lot of people uh, that they get a better understanding of what all was on the table, of the timeline, of how it was discussed, and why we don't have it. You know, Because like you said, there is a lot of finger pointing and people going, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. But it seems like at the end of the day, if Republicans in these other states know how to pass a bill, we should too. And if we want to hand the Democrats an opportunity to wipe it off at the very end, for us then to come back, that is what it is. But it's a decision that Republicans had to willfully make. Yeah, um, I think the fool me point. once, uh, shame on shame on me, fool me yep. twice. Can't get fooled again. Yep. Daniel, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messiah Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.